Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up, making things happen, creative people, doing cool things. Um, I love to talk to him. And uh, this week I have two for the price of one. I have Kieran Turner and Joe Deedle, and both of them are web series creators. Um, Joe is one of the three creators of Where the Bears Are and producers, and he also appears in it as Wood. And Kieran um, is the creator of the web series Wallflowers, two very fun, very different web series. Both of them are going to be taking part in a panel at Outfest, which Kieran will explain when we get to the podcast. So if you're interested in web series, you can check out that panel. It'll be great. Anyway, before we get into the interviews, uh, just a little housekeeping. Go ahead and visit DennisAnyone.net. There's lots of fun stuff there. For example... I took some pictures of uh, the setting where we um, interviewed Joe and Kieran, some cool Where the Bears Are memorabilia, like cool paintings that Joe painted, and just fun stuff. So I'm going to post that at DennisAnyone.net under the podcast uh, of these two guys, and you can check out the pictures. Um, You can also uh, sign up for my newsletter there. You can... Contribute to my virtual tip jar, which helps me keep the podcast free and pays for things like web hosting, and you can do it through PayPal. Uh, I really appreciate it. That's nice. Um, and lots of other fun stuff at DennisAnyone.net. Like DennisAnyone on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at HensleyDennis uh, on Twitter. And um, that's about it. With that, um, let's get on with the show. Here are Joe and Kieran. Enjoy. Hey there, I am at what I like to think of as ground zero for the popular web series Where the Bears Are. It's the home office and garage that uh, one of my guests today, Joe Deedle, shares with his co-creators of the show. Yes. Um, And they're Ben Zook and Rick... Rick Cop. Rick, Rick, what's his last name? Cop. Cop. Like like a cop. Uh, Like a cop. With two Ps, though. That's right. So they all um, run the the web series out of this amazing office. Maybe we'll snap a photo of it. It feels like... (laughs) It feels like um, when you walk into the real world house and you're a new um, castmate Thank and you're you. going crazy and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe we get to live here. <laughs> That's um, what we were going for. Exactly. Um, my other guest is Kieran Turner. He is the creator of the web series Wallflowers. And um, you're also both going to be on a panel at Outfest. Yes. Yeah. Tell me, Kieran, tell me a little bit about the panel. Uh, the panel is a program that I started last year of LGBT themed web series and we call it In With The New Out. And it's basically uh, a group of really high quality, uh, good production value, good writing, good acting web series that are either gay themed or have uh, LGBT characters. Um, I wanted to you know, bring these series around to LGBT film festivals and make people aware that this kind of LGBT storytelling was happening on the web. And we, we show five or six different series. Uh, it varies depending on the festival. Uh, and then we, as content creators, get together afterwards and we talk about why we were compelled to go to the web to tell these stories. That's cool. So you've been doing this... This kind of panel, this subject matter at different festivals around the country. Correct. Awesome. Now, do you moderate or are you on the panel? I'm you're... on the panel. Sometimes I moderate. Right. It depends on whether or not somebody in the festival you know, wants to get in and talk. And sometimes they're just like, oh, well, why don't you do it? I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> cool. Let's talk a little bit about Wallflowers. Um, it's set in New York. It's yes. uh, 
people that are trying to date, but also there's a workplace element to it as well. A little bit. Yeah. How do you describe it to folks that haven't seen um, it? It's basically, it's a, it's a comedy drama about a support group for people who can't get dates or sustain relationships. And there's all different kinds of characters in it. There's gay, there's straight, there's bisexual. Um, we do shoot in New York. Uh, I live in LA, so it makes it a little difficult. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole thing. It is. It's I, I never do anything easily. Um, so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I decided, what, what would be the most difficult thing to possibly do? No, the reason I wanted to shoot there is um, I really wanted to work with Broadway and uh, your theater actors. I, I lived in New York for many years. I worked for the Schubert organization for over a decade. I got to work with a lot of actors. I got to know them. I got to become fans of theirs. Um, and I wanted to go to shoot in a place where I knew these actors. And also, we shoot the entire season, as I'm sure you guys do for Where the Bears Are. You shoot it all in one fell swoop. And so you, you know, you, there's, there's no going back and fixing things. There's no going back and like taking an episode at a time and seeing what mistakes you make. Um, and you're, you're very, very tight time. Um, so I wanted to work with actors who I knew were going to get it. And it's not that film actors, primarily film actors can't do that, but there's something, there's a real good shortcut with, with people who primarily do theater. It's like, they get it. You can rely on them. They're super dependable. And you just have to tell them one thing once, and, and they make it happen. And, and so, is, was that how it turned out to be? Were you right about your instinct with the actors? I was, <laughs> for the most part. Um, <laughs> we've, we, I don't know if this is something you want to get into now, but we, we had a situation where I, like one of our lead characters, I've recast him twice. Well, I've seen, <laughs> I saw the trailer where you talk about it, and you make a Darren Stevens, a Bewitched joke. Yes, like, yeah. you own it. Yeah, oh you, yeah. You totally own it, and the guy goes over a clip, yeah, you know, that can yeah. be him next time. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. But it's all worked out. But one of the reasons why I did that was that was um, the lead character character who uh who's gay and uh, you know so many people said why don't you just write the character out why don't you just get rid of them you start over you bring in somebody new and and i didn't want to do that i felt a real affinity for this particular character this was a gay man who is not stereotypical who is not cliched who is a very complex three-dimensional person who was a man who was you know moving towards age 40 had not really had a significant relationship in his life was terrified of it for whatever, you know, his particular reasons were. And I really wanted to be able to explore that. And I actually think we wound up with, not to take anything away from the first two actors, and I, I didn't fire them because they were bad or anything. It was just a scheduling issue. Um, but I feel like Patch Darrow, who plays the role of Bryce now, I, I, I can do more with this character than I think I would have been able to do. Right. Well, the first way. one was replaced after the se- in between seasons. Yes. So when was the second one replaced? Uh, after after season one, he decided he was going to move to L.A. and he didn't want to come back and do the show. I mean, we were going to, like, fly him back and everything. He's like, you know, I just, I can't. I can't so wait, follow this. So, but you've had two replacements. Yeah, yeah. But you've done two seasons. Yeah. So, are you going to have to replace him again? Is that what you're referring to? No, 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 no. Um, Chad Kimball played Bryce first. He did the first okay. three episodes. He had to leave. Oh, okay. Um, so, the first yeah. three episodes. So okay, that's yeah. the thing. And then yeah, we yeah. brought Lucas in to do right. four and five. We shot that little piece. And then he had oh, left. And fabulous. So, all right. So. It all worked out. <laughs> I know, but you made a Darren from Bewitched joke. It's very uh, funny. Yeah. Um, what is it about the world of your show that you wanted to explore, these issues? Um, I love the idea, you know, I, I kind of got thrown back into the dating pool after, you know, uh, quite many years, um, and... Thrown know, is a good word. Thrown, yeah, pushed, shoved, uh, forced, I don't know, um, 
you know, after not having done it for quite a while, and um, I just found it really interesting. I feel like my generation is the generation of the characters of Wallflowers, and they're the last generation of people who came of age having to make those connections face-to-face. They didn't have the internet to really rely on when they first started dating. Right. Um, and, you know, you know, for one reason or another, they're, they're now, you know, approaching 40 and they're back on the dating market or maybe they've always been on the dating market and, and they, they, they want to close the deal. You know, they, they right. want to go out there and find somebody and it's like, oh man, how do I do this? How do I, how do I make connections in, you know, personal connections in this impersonal world? Because it really is. I mean, I have learned so much in the past two or three years, just, you know, making these connections and finding out so many things about somebody before I ever meet them face to face, including what they look like naked. Right. You know, and it's just, it's so bizarre to me. It's like, I, I, I'll never get used to it. It's like, I know what someone looks like naked. I don't I like a cock shot. Yeah, I don't either. I want to wait till Christmas. I, I want to open it on Christmas. <laughs> I agree. I don't like a cock shot. I agree. And I'll tell people that and boom, I'll not get as it a, anyway. Not as a dating thing. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I you like know. And you, do you yeah. like it? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm all for the cock shot. Just right. go ahead yeah. and send them. And, so you know. Yeah. You know, and look, I'll, I'll, I'll be out there for a hookup too, you know, and it's like, if it's like, if it's them, I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, you know, but it's just, even if like you, you hit it off with somebody you're talking, it's like, Hey, let's go on a date. And it's like, boom, there it is. It's like, Oh, okay, great. I guess I have to send one back now. And it's, I don't know. It's like, I'm and you're like, it's a new computer. I don't know. (laughs) It's all of that stuff. My excuse is, and I mean, it's like the lamest excuse is like, well, I'm a semi-public figure, which I feel I can get away with now because I right. go around and I do these things. And I'm right. like, I'm a semi-public figure. I can't have naked shots out there right. with me. Which exactly. Is, you know, so I know it sounds ridiculous. But no, but it works. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. good. It's, once it's out there, it's out there mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Joe, you, Queer the Bears are. What it's is? a huge um, web series going into season four soon. Season four, we've already shot. And we uh, it airs, it starts August 24th. We do two episodes a week every right. Monday. And Thursday, um, I think there's 18 this season, so for nine weeks, and um, it's it's. I think it's going to be. Well, we always say it's going to be our best season, but it, it's the most emotional season. Like we're usually just ridiculous, right? But this season, there's a little more heart. There's family that comes. There's you know, uh, uh, Ian Parks and uh, Ben Zook who play uh, Todd and Nelson are, are getting married, and right. stuff's going to go down, and you know, and it might not go go through, and. Two of my friends sing at that wedding. I'm very excited. Yes. We almost had you lip syncing. I know, exactly. I was going to. <laughs> Past podcast guests, Matt Zarley and Tom Goss, uh, sing uh, in, in an episode. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Um, Matt's been so great. Uh, yeah. we, we actually used him one season in our, our Thanksgiving episode. He was an actor. Right. He was great. And he, he gave us a song for that. And then he gave us a song for the end of last season. And it's uh, Somebody for Everybody. It's a great song. Great song. Big dance number that we ended the, mo- the our series with. And everybody goes on dance floor and starts dancing. Well, um, we reprised that this season with they doing an acoustic version of it. and nice. It's uh, the love theme from Where the Bears it, Are. It basically is. Now, you know, your, your show has mystery and comedy and whatever. But is there some storylines or some themes that you guys wanted to explore? You know what is I there think? Something like, this is what we feel like this show is about. I think the main thing we wanted was, I mean, we say it's it's like the Golden Girls meets Murder, She Wrote, but with big right. gay, hairy men. Right. And I think the thing that you loved about the Golden Girls, and hopefully you love about us, is 
you fall in love with these characters, and it's this friendship that always... They're going to stick together yeah. no matter what. We mess with each other, and we tease each other, and we poke fun and stuff, but at the end, we rally behind each other, and we're always in a life-threatening situation at the end where we can all right. die or something, but then we come together, and it's just nice. And and fans, you know, all over the world, people really connected with it, and they, they're like, you know, it's such a great portrayal of the bear community, and I'm like... I don't know if it's a great portrayal of the bear community. I mean, it's a friendship thing, but we, you know, we and we laugh at rape and you know, I mean, just stupid things. Uh, I have to say, though, if you don't mind my my interjecting, um, I I really one of the things that impressed me about it because when I when I was looking to put this series together, I watched a lot of different LGBT themed web series, and I said no to a lot of them for one reason or another. And, you know, yes, yours is is funny and it's silly and it's kind of a little bit of a parody. But what really impressed me about it was that the bears aren't a joke. They're they're not they're they're treated as actual real people who fall in love, who, you know, who who have heartbreak, who have this, who have that, who have real human emotions. Um, The bears are not the butt of the joke. And and I I rarely see that. And I love that about the show. And and so I just commend you for that. You know, that's one of the things we wanted to do where. It, you know, we're all bears, clearly, and, and it's a bear world, and majority of the characters are bears and stuff. But we're not like grr and bear and, and everything. It's just, it's just the like bears you know, like a pun. I have yeah. to say, they can't resist a pun. <laughs> they do. But you guys, you guys but, but we're just, clear of it. Well, I mean, we, sure, we get some of them in there and stuff, but we're not always just like talking bear talk. I guess it's just that's what we are. Yeah. And yeah. then we are involved. We're, we're friends first, and we're, and and then I love that we're un, unapologetic about sex. Right. That's the one thing that we just want to get laid all the time. Right. We get laid ridiculously. Like, right. when we do, we show it, it's like, it's funnier than it, than it is sexy, I right. think. Um, uh, but, but it's, it's not, not prudish. It's it, very um, and unabashedly it's, horny. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's not, you're not talking down to the characters when you do it. You know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a stereotype. It really isn't. I mean, that's, I just love that about the show. I think it's really wonderful. It's, yeah. it's not, it's, it's like I, there, there's, there's a core of, of reality about it, even though yeah. it's silly. There, there really is. I think, so, I, I think that's, that's when the best humor and stuff comes out. Yeah. And you have to have, you have to base it in, in reality. Yeah. It's somewhat, right. you know, and, uh, yeah, the, it, it, it's my character is a blast to play. Playing that dumb, big dumb guy that just right. says the stupidest things. It's the funnest thing I've ever done. In Do my you life. ever have a hard time keeping a straight face when you shoot? Oh yeah, we, are they <laughs> ever like you know? As your producer is like mad uh, at the actor. Producer Joe's furious at actor Joe because he's throwing off the. It's schedule. not me. It's Ben or Rick who lose it, and then it's like they start giggling, and they're like, "Okay, we can do it again," and then. Giggling and just it goes on forever, you know. Right. I usually have one line and I can't remember it because right. I'm directing the episodes too and stuff. So I've got so much other stuff in my mind, and you know, I'm usually I get one little joke in here or there. I mean, I, yes, I have a, a, other other th- other lines and stuff too, but um, sometimes it's just one line and I cannot get it, and everybody's like, I, oh, oh my god, I can't right. believe you. Now, in addition to creating content, you guys having a web series is like running a business. Yes. And if I were to say entertain the idea of doing one i would go to people like you and say what do i need to know what do you wish you had known when you were starting out because it's kind of like it's not just creating the content and putting it out there and hoping people like it it's a whole ground operation fundraising networking uh you know rewards you were just talking about having a dinner for a donor the other you know when we walked in here it's a whole it's a full-time job it really is um i'm sure it's this way for you too uh but it ends up 
being a year long job for us. And, uh, you know, you think it's, it's over, but it isn't. There's always something we're working on with, uh, either trying to get the word out about our show or right now we finished filming, but we're in the process of editing. And then once all the editing's done, um, I, uh, I don't know if you do this too, but do you have yours subtitled? <laughs> working on it. I just, you have I to just do subtitled trans- versions yeah. for other countries? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just finished my first episode in Spanish, and it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Now you got me. My head's no. going to explode. I'm like, I have to think about foreign things. Not what? that I even have an idea yeah. for one. But, like, if I were to go into that world, it's just, there's so much. There's so much, you know, but it, it's fun. I, I do, like, the English version, right, and do all that. And then we have people in other countries that will translate right. it. And, but, um, you know, you do that, and then we got to get the DVD ready. And then you got to try to launch that and um, and then get it on iTunes. And um, one of the things I, I, I thought we did well at the beginning uh, that worked for our show was we decided that we were going to do something that tells one story so we can cut it together as a movie afterwards right. and uh, monetize it by selling a DVD. Right. So I think that if you, if you can with any of these, I would highly recommend it. Rather than just a bunch of fun skits that are all funny, Right. Uh, you know, if you tell one story and then, you know, because it's, it's hard to monetize things, but right. um, we do pretty well selling our DVD afterwards and... Um, I think, you know, because it cuts together as one thing. Right, because it holds together as a story. Yeah, and then obviously everything can't be this way, but being a a murder mystery uh, wasn't something we thought about ahead of time as being a really amazing hook, but when you do an episode and there's a cliffhanger on the end of each thing that leads you to the next one, it was a built-in, like, oh, I want to see that next episode. Right. You know, um, and that was all Rick Cop. I mean, he's been... Are all three seasons murder mystery so far? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always... You know, it worked for Murder, She Wrote. Like, you know what? That's the reason you turn on CBS in every show is a procedural. Yeah, right. yeah. And it's like all these great actors that were, were, like, doing indie films in their 30s are now saying, where were you on the night of October 4th? Yeah. And they're, you know, richer than any of us will ever be. <laughs> But no, it's a it's a story thing that we want to know. Yeah, we did it. absolutely. What, what did you? What was anything that you? Um, you know, I mean, my first season, I just I didn't know what I, I didn't know what I, I just I wanted to do something that I could get done fast. I had done a documentary that we were on the festival circuit, and it just felt like it was taking forever. Which for we will discuss. Joe Bryan, AD. It felt like it was just taking forever for something to happen. And I was at um, I was at a festival in Dublin, um, and. Um, the programmer had programmed the first four episodes. I think at that time there only were four episodes of the outs. Right. And I was there and I went to go see it. One of the, one of the uh, filmmakers from it was there. And, you know, before I had seen the outs, I was sort of under the impression that web series were, you know, four or five people standing up against the white wall with bad, you know, with bad sound and improving really badly because most actors think they can improv and they really can't. <laughs> um, and I was so blown away by how great the outs was. I mean, it was, it looked like television. I have not seen it. I don't it's, know anything about yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's, it was Is it American. Really, yeah. Okay. It was beautifully done. Um, you know, the episodes ranged anywhere from like 11 minutes to 20 minutes. So they, they kind of got longer as they went on. And I thought, wow, if that's what people are doing for web series, I want to do that. I went home, I wrote it. I cast it, I shot it, and then, you know, from six months from deciding to do it to, it, it was, it took six months and then it was on. It, we, like, we, we launched on Blip TV. But wow. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. There was, you know, so I, I launched it and we were lucky in that um, because of the Broadway actors, um, the show got seen by this channel that was starting up that was a Broadway-based channel out of New York called Stage 17. I know they have the best tagline ever. 
the show must go online. Right. <laughs> Come on. That's good. So that's they, why they created the channel. Yeah. So, they that's that. yeah. oh. so they contacted me out of the blue and, and they were like, you know, we, we really love your show. If you're going to be in New York, we'd love to have you come in and talk about it. And I had no idea what I was going in there to talk about. I thought I was like going in there to give advice. I really didn't know. Right. And like they sat down and they were like, we want to, we want to, we want to make the show part of this channel. And so they came in and they funded the second season, you know? And so that sort of like took, the 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 weight of of figuring out how I was going to pay for season two because I paid for season one by myself and I just didn't have the money and I suck at at, at crowdfunding I take my hat off to you <laughs> it's for, a whole thing it, it, it is, is. you gotta have yeah. a stomach for it yeah you really do and I, I I can't I can't do it I just I there's just no way I would I, there, I just couldn't do it so we were very lucky in that we you know we were able to do that I was able to bring some you know some other actors in we did seven episodes instead of five. Um, we launched on the channel, but I also insisted on having my own PR person come in as opposed to relying on the the channel's PR person um, because I knew that they were trying to launch a brand new channel. Mine was the only show of theirs that had an audience already, you know, um, and so we were sort of relegated to LGBT and soap press because one of the actors that I brought on for season two had been on a soap for many years and was a right. soap star. And I, you know, what happened was the, the, the gay themed storyline between Bryce and Alex really kind of hit a nerve in the gay community. And we started getting a lot of press, you know, out magazine, um, uh, Huffington post advocate, all these people started, you know, picking it up and talking about it. And, you know, what I know, what I also found was really interesting was, um, the, the demographic for Stage 17 was uh, started out to be women age 25 to 54 who bought theater tickets. And I thought, oh, man, I, I haven't written for them. You know, what am I going to do? Right. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently I had because one of our largest demographics is that demographic. Women that age group love gay romance. They love Chris Folk. They, they watch do. Yes. They do. And I, I mean, I, I as... as, as Decent as a, of a you know gay audience as we have, we have just as fervent uh, a female you know straight right. female audience. That's they great. are they're really invested in these characters, and I love that. Now um, with, with where the bears are, there's a core demographic yeah. that that you know who they are, and, and you hopefully get more than that. Yeah. But there's a very built-in demographic to to the stories. With yours, how did you go about like how do I find the people that are going to want to Love this. I, I wish that there was a science to it. Right. I just, I feel like, you know, we we went around to these different communities, to the gay community, to the soap community, hope to the Broadway community, hoping that people would latch on. We don't have the kind of following that Where the Bears Are has because that that is speaking to a community that has really been underserved. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and that's wonderful. And if I was ever going to do another show, I might look into doing something like that, like finding that kind of a niche, but I wasn't, I wasn't as calculated when I started right. the show. So, you know, but what's happening now is like, things are just sort of like, like manifesting themselves. Like, you know, I'm, I'm on the, there's now a web series festival, um, circuit, you know, they're right. popping up all over the place and wallflowers has been lucky enough to pretty much play in almost every single one of them so far. And we've been getting seen. Um, we now have, um, a Canadian cable deal where we're going to be taking the episodes and making them into half hours. Wow. Um, and, 
um, and we're going to be playing on on cable, and it's going to be an actual real live. It's like oh, Pinocchio's great. turning into a real boy. You know? <laughs> that's incredible. That was something I never expected to happen. Um, instead of doing DVDs, we're now diversifying into an app where we're going to be presenting extras. You right. know, instead of buying it, you you pay you know seven ninety nine whatever it's going to be for the app, and you get to hear commentary and you get to see behind the scenes stuff, and it's all it's all there instead of of a disc. And it, it's it's weird because you know it's hard to get those kinds of views for this particular demographic because I really do think that people the twenty five to fifty four and and above I think they want to move to the internet. I think they want to start watching shows online. But places like YouTube, their bread and butter are 18 and under. Right. And that's who they are. That's who they're pitching to. And their habits for how they watch things are sort of set. Like, they turn on the TV. You know what I right. mean? Like, I just realized that I can watch YouTube videos on my television. Yes. And it's, that's, yeah. the, the realizing is step one. In a few months, I plan to explore yeah. how I do that. But you know what? Like, yeah. it's a learning curve. No, absolutely. But, I mean, I would love to have a Wallflowers Hulu channel instead. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, or be on Hulu, excuse me. Or have, like, a, a Wallflowers Roku channel. Right. Um, something like that. And we're sort of driving towards that. I, I don't know if that's going to wind up happening or not. It all depends on whether or not... We do a third season, um, you know, and it's difficult because all my actors are constantly working. And so to try yeah. to get everybody together in this one, you know, we have a third season ready to go. It's just trying to get everybody, you know, uh, on board and, and saying, okay, I, I'll commit because we want to do more episodes. We want to do nine episodes. Right on. And I want to do longer episodes so that I don't have to combine. So that, you know, now that I know that we've got television. Interest, yeah, you need 22 minutes or exactly. whatever it is. And, yeah. that's what, and, and, and there's also been a stigma. I, how, how long are your episodes usually? Um they, they they vary uh, five to seven minutes. Usually. Yeah, and and that's see there there's still a stigma I think e- even attached to the web series festivals. I have argued with more heads of web series festivals who have like like made their their cutoff point ten minutes and under. And I'm like I'm emailing them and calling them going, but there's a whole community of of web you know programming whose episodes are longer. And I guarantee you those production values are, you know, are going to be great because the longer you do, you know, the, the more, you know, the more high tech you have to be, the, you know, the, the better you have to be to be able to sustain that. It's not going to be like a three minute one joke premise. Right. You know, um, I mean, where the bears are has amazing production value. And so it's, it's the kind of stuff that, that actually should be in a half an hour show. That's how, you know, that's, we're actually looking yeah. into the same thing now yeah. as, uh, combining and making uh, 22 minute episodes mm-hmm. and then repackaging, trying to get on Netflix or other, you know, right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I really think that that's the way to go. And, and people have, you know, maybe five years ago, people were not programmed to sit in front of their computer and watch something that lasted more than three or four minutes. Now they are. I really feel that, and I really feel like there's there's definitely a hole, um, you know, in internet programming that needs to be filled by this demographic, this demographic that's hungry for this kind of programming, but they just don't know where to go. Right, they, they really yeah. don't. And don't you also feel like I, I, we feel like it's kind of like the golden age of television now? Like you don't need the big distributors yeah. anymore, the big networks to, to pick up your thing. You can, if you, the, the technology is so inexpensive now. You can shoot on your own. You can edit your own house. You can, you know, get in sound and stuff. And if you can get decent production value and have yeah. people behind you. You can create your own channel if you can yeah. just get people to go to it. Right, right. You exactly. know, that's that's the big thing. But you don't you don't need you know uh, Warner Brothers to pick you up anymore. Yeah, it, you know, it's kind of amazing. Exactly, it, it really is amazing. I you know, and I've been taking this panel, this program around, and I was trying to take it to a couple of web fests, 
and they wanted to do something. They were like, um, yeah, I think we ought to, we ought to make it into, you know, how come you're not seeing particular, um, demographics or particular minorities being portrayed in web series. And I said to this person, that's going to be a really short panel because the answer is you just go out and make it yourself. You don't need permission. And that's one of the reasons why we've been taking this around is to show, you know, aspiring content creators, we did it. We didn't have any kind of a magic formula. You can do it too, you know, and, and, and that's kind of what it's, it's started to morph into. Um, we, we, I thought it would be really nice to talk about why we decided to do it and have people listen to that. But most of the questions have been, how do I do it? How do I make my own show? And the panel is starting to morph. Like we're going to be doing a festival in the fall where it's going to be an all day workshop where people are going to come and we're going to be looking at their projects and reading their scripts and advising them and, you know, and like breaking it up into like, you know, different expertises. It's going to be a full day workshop. Where are you doing that? Um, I'm not ready to announce it yet because they haven't announced their lineup yet. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, Joe, are you a rock star in the bear community now? <laughs> Can you not go to, like, you know, Fault Line Bear Bust, Bear Bust, whatever? Yeah. Is it, it, is it out of control? It's so wonderful and great. Like, it's, it's crazy at this time in our lives to all of a sudden be sort of like... Uh, uh, sex symbols, even like like you Say know it. like like no yeah, one yeah. paid any attention to me prior to the show, and now it's like you were the hottest guy ever, and right. you know it, it's just it's really crazy, and like my character, you know, is this, this big dumb former porn guy. Everybody's right. like, do you actually do porn? No, I haven't actually done porn. <laughs> um, <Not> too. <laughs> you know, I, I wish you know, and uh, um, and then you know, like I'm shirtless a lot. I'm not shirtless a lot in real life, right? You know, and it's like my character's super comfortable with it. I've just embraced it. Like I'm That's just so cool, hairy as fuck. You know, it and is. it's just like uh, you know stuff that I used to be like embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I'm embracing it. People right. love it, and you're like. <laughs> Ten million hits, motherfuckers. <laughs> you exactly, know? exactly. But we went to we went to Pro- that's that's per nipple. Yeah, you know? yes. <laughs> we went to Provincetown uh, like last summer. Did you go to Bearquake or whatever it is? Uh, Bear Week. Oh my because, god! You must have been like it was insane. One direction. We were like People walking down the street and like every person like stopped design. and like want a picture and yeah. like people scream, "Oh my god, it's one!" You know, it's yeah, it's just so great and. And people love, I think it's sort of like television with our show, too, because we, instead of, like, um, doing a movie, for instance, a, you know, a gay movie comes out, you got that one week to premiere it and hopefully get your audience and stuff. This is something that we're in these people's houses week after week after week, and you really feel like you you know us. Or it's a dialogue they're having you know, with you. They're like, and, I like this show. I'm yeah. going to donate. Yeah. So they feel like a part of it. It's yeah. like something and they're they, a part of. They just love these characters so much and their friendship and stuff that they're just like, they feel like they know us and they just want to be our friends and hang. And, and it's and it's just great. And we get wonderful letters from all over the world. We have, you know, uh, I think our, our, our second biggest um, uh, following is Saudi Arabia, where we're actually banned. Um, you know that is uh, so like, hot. Like, it's your second biggest following after America. After America? You know, yeah. And, wow. And they're just all these repressed guys that can't be gay. And it's, it's true. Just... It absolutely is true. We, with our first season, we were on Daily Motion as well, and the last two episodes of the first season had explicitly gay, not sexually explicitly, but just even just talking about it. There was a blind date, and it's like the gay stuff was really coming out, and. Um, I was shocked, like, our numbers were started to, like, like go, like, crazy, and so much so that I called Daily Motion and said, 
I need you to look into this because if this is fake, I need to know like if there's something weird going on. And no, they had sent it out to a bunch of different countries. Those editors had picked it up. And the, the places where it was really, really taking hold were those countries where, you know, gay content was illegal. And repressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And we were like, like, uh, that a, a lot of my mind. You know, and, you know, and, and I kept thinking, oh my God, like, do they even know, do they even speak English? Like they, they weren't subtitles. Like, what are you getting out of this? But it's just, I guess it's just even seeing two men kissing or expressing affection towards each other. And I love that. I loved like, you know, you know, so you're saying that the, your show was banned there, but they could watch it. They, they, How did uh, they, get it? Uh, they it got banned on YouTube, but they could find it through our where the bears are TV channel. Oh, okay. So they, they didn't have work to around by yeah. a gag. They didn't uh, have to go to radio shack or whatever. But, you know, I, but I get letters or, you know, emails all the time from like people there that are like, you know, how do I meet someone? I can't, you know, it's illegal where I am. I'm like, you know, especially young kids, like 18 yeah. and stuff that find it. And it's like, you know, I wish, you know, I think you need to move to a big city. You need to move somewhere away from there at some point because you can have a really nice life and you yeah. can, there is, you can find love and you can have a, a community and friends and stuff, but you know, uh, just be safe, stay, you know, uh, stay, stay safe. Don't do anything crazy, right. but like, you know, work towards that because I, I mean, I don't know what else to say to him. I got to visit Dubai last year around this time. Um, and I went with some friends to the, the, the gay club that wasn't really gay. But it was what underground people knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And then it would close and have to move somewhere else. For But it was a whole song and dance. Like, mm-hmm. all of the ads, not, nothing ever said gay on it. But people knew. But you couldn't touch or do anything um, physical with anyone. But that would be true of a heterosexual club, too. Um, but it was just like, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, everyone knew. But there was this, I remember this dude dancing on a banquette in a Saturday Night Fever white suit, <laughs> losing his mind. And my friend said, he's probably from Saudi Arabia. Like, they get, you know, they drive seven hours so they can have, like, one crazy night in one place where they can be themselves. And it was really poignant. And he was tearing shit up. And I imagine him watching your show over there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Rick's went over and he's been recognized in, like, television and, you know, like, all kinds of, it's crazy. That's Crazy! It's, it's really insane. What about locally? Like when you locally, your day to day, because everyone probably knows you're working. That's the thing. On it. You know what? It's LA's different. Uh, LA's different. LA people are like you know. Oh, so you know, did, you know they're jealous because you did it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. At first they were like, oh, it's never going to work uh, out. Yeah, they're pouring all their thing. Oh, another season. You got yeah. another season. That's great. <laughs> we definitely have that. But you know who comes running up to us out here is people visiting from out of town. Yeah, and they're like, oh my god, it's the where the bears are, guys. And so you get a picture. Is it when you go out in a group is it more yeah. it's more like it's like the friends walking in together yeah yeah, yeah and it's and, and, you know and it's like oh my god you're with the serial killer or you know you're yeah. with you know and it's like yeah he's, he's actually not a killer you right. know he's a nice guy and, um it's really fun it, it's great it's been the most rewarding funnest thing i've ever done in my career you must ever. be so proud that you've yeah. created this thing out of fun and love yeah and creativity and, and it's, it's kind of working out. Yeah, it was it was literally it was kind of out of fr- frustration too. Um, you know, Ben Azuk, my husband, uh, right. he he, um, he had sold a script about seven years before uh, called Jack and Chill that Adam Sandler did. I remember right? talking to you at a at an outdoor bar at right when they were going to make it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Somewhere like Fault Line or somewhere. Yeah. I remember how. We like. Yeah, I, yeah. 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 You know, it was just it was, it was life changing for us. It helped right. us. You know. So. Um, uh, it finally came out. Things were great, and we had a little bit of money. And we thought, 
we're just waiting to do stuff. And we're like, let's just buy a camera, some lights, and some sound, and let's just do something that no one can say no to. Mm-hmm. And we were in... Oh, my God, that no one can say no to. Right. I'm going to... That's the title of this podcast. <laughs> I pick a soundbite, and that's... I've decided that. Because yeah. I... I get it. Yeah, and we were in uh, at Rick's uh, condo in Palm Springs in his jacuzzi, and he came up with the title. And originally, I was just going to direct, and they were going to be in it. But then it's like, well, we'd have to get some actor and we, you know, someone else, and we'd have to either we can't pay anybody. You know, this first season we put all our own money in, and then Ben's like, Joe does really dumb. Well, why don't we have him be the dumb guy? And and then um, at the beginning, it was like, if you're not in the scene, you hold the camera, and if right. I'm not in the scene, I will hold it, and then you do sound and. That lasted about an hour, and we were like, okay, we have to get someone to hold the camera. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. And, uh, and then first season, we did sound ourselves, and it was just horrible, so that was a huge learning If you experience. don't have sound, if you don't have good yeah. sound, you're fucked. Yeah. You could have a horrible picture, but if you have good sound, you can then you'll manage. buy that, you know, yeah. but uh, not the other way. Right. So uh, second season, we had a big, we, we got sound, and that was a big, huge thing. Right. Third season, we got a second camera. And that made a big difference. So that, those were our two upgrades. And I really like the season we used the, the second camera, too. And we, you just get so much more coverage and stuff done mm-hmm. quicker. And, um, you know, we usually shoot an episode in a day. It's usually one location. And right. it's about eight pages. And oh, is that what you do? Do you, you don't, you, you shoot, you shoot out each episode? Usually, unless it's like, unless we're jumping different locations. Right. It, it, we do it based on location. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we, yeah, so we usually okay. uh, have you know a few episodes of the house or bits of episodes. So we'll do all the stuff here at the house first, yeah. and then we'll move yeah. on. But yeah. Um, yeah, and then this season I was telling, uh, we got to shoot on Judy Garland's yacht. Break that shit down. That was, How did that happen? Well, we uh, you know we we knew we needed to get this yacht, and a friend of ours, Joel Sinderman, is this. Um, he came on as helping us produce this season, and he is a location manager. He hooked us up with this guy with a yacht. Turns out he's this muscle bear, knows our show, super sweet guy. Um, sorry about that. That's and, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, he loved the show, so we he gave us an amazing deal. We shot one day in Marina Del Rey on a, it's like this hundred foot, three story yacht. Like, just Does beautiful. it have a name? It's, uh, I should know this. Um, yeah, it's this, the Sovereign. The Sovereign. It's the Sovereign. Okay. okay. And, um, and so we shot everything downstairs as if, uh, you know, the boat was moving and stuff. Right. Shot all that. And then the next day we did this uh, trip to Catalina Island, uh, the backside. We thought we'd shoot this big fight scene up on top on the way out there on this four-hour. It was too bumpy. It was, we couldn't do that. Uh, one of our crews starts heaving. Uh, uh, two of the actors. So, you know, we told everybody ahead of time to get the patches or the drama mean, you know. So people are just sick, like not even going to be able to act. We get up back there. We, uh, Did you shoot on Catalina Island? We shot, no. We shot on the boat outside right. of Catalina Island. Right. And, and then um, we had jet skis delivered and we did this jet ski chase. Oh. Like, it was just like a dream come true. Super, super fun. For the upcoming season. For this season, yeah. Okay. This oh, upcoming. my God. And then we had <laughs> the nightmare of nightmare uh, things happen. Where, um, so there's 14 of us going out there. And then we're on the backside of Two Harbor. And then... We're shooting all day, and the last ferry leaves at 4.15 to get back, and this boat that we were on is going to stay there, so we have to get back somewhere. So we're not going to get it all done in time, so I hire another boat to pick us up. So they're going to pick us up on the front side of Two Harbor, so we have to get off the boat and meet this one, and there's like a 500 yards of island you have to cross. Well, we... (laughs) We we're trying to get this last shot of the boat. We have our cameraman go over on the little dinghy to the to the the co- the, the shore and getting off the boat with the camera. A wave comes and fills up the boat and it gets stranded. 
so it's starting to get dark. There's no one to help us on the backside of the island. It's like there's no one there. And um, we had cast this guy this season um, who's just wonderful, Jeff Bosley. He he plays sort of my love interest. This, uh, but he's an ex-Green Beret, like Navy SEAL guy. He gets in a kayak with a, a pump, a hand pump, and like kayaks over, saves the day, saves our guy, gets him back on the boat. Then we all have to cross over, and we're supposed to have dinner in town, uh, but we're running late, so the, the restaurant closed. So we're all kind of starving. We get across, and we, uh, we have to do like six dinghy rides to get everybody over there. The, talk to the other boat. He's like, just everybody uh, get on the edge of the dock, and then I will come get you when you're all ready. And I'm, we're kind of thinking that's odd, right? Like, why aren't you just waiting for us? So he pulls up, and the guy in charge of the docks guy, this guy's shady. He never pays his fees. So that's why he wanted to like, get us on without paying. Right. We get on. It's this little sailboat. It, we're like stuck in like sardines. He says it's going to be a six-hour ride back. We we're, we're thinking of not getting on, but we don't know what else to do. It's scary. We start going, and and, and it's just like put 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 put. And I'm thinking we're going to get outside the harbor. He's going to open it up. No, it's just put 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 put. Eventually, trying to get trying to sleep. There's a no motor. A There's little a little motor, motor okay. like and then uh, and then. Um, uh, I'm trying to sleep like in the kitchen floor, like this four foot thing holding yeah. onto a, a trash can as a, a, a pillow. Uh, the engine goes out and I'm like, what's up with that? But then the sails go up and we actually go faster. So things are good. And then all of a sudden we're just sitting there doing this and I go up and, uh, the engine had died and there's no wind and he's trying to call vessel support to tow us in. It was like seven and a half hour hell ride. I just, and did you have to shoot the next day? Or, or well, we had one day off. Okay. Um, it was, I, I felt bad. We put our, our crew in danger, but oh everybody survived. Everything was good. That's and, right. You know, it was a story to tell. You got it in the can. Got it in the can, but wow, crazy day. Wow. That's, a, that's, that's part of the filmmaking. When you watch, you know, it is. Yeah. Did you have any crazy misadventures when you were trying to shoot? Ah, uh, I, ugh. <laughs> Other than losing those actors. <laughs> Not really. It's, you know, it goes so fast. And, and I, you know, I pay everybody. I mean, everybody right. gets paid. The actors get paid. The crew gets paid. I don't, there's like, I'm, I'm probably the one person that doesn't get paid. Right. Um, and, we, know, we know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I always feel like, you know, it's, it's when people ask, oh, do you have any outtakes or any bloopers? And I'm just like, God, there's no time. It's like, it's, it's weird. It's like everybody feels like there's no yeah. time to have any fun. And I'm, it makes me sound like I'm some Martinette on the set, but I'm not. It's just, I'm like, I'm just usually like, like, like going back. I think like the first season we were shooting in a casting office. We, two of my characters run a casting agency, although that's not the, the, the crux of the show. Um, and so we actually rented a real casting office and we were shooting overnight and I guess I had kind of overestimated the scheduling and you know, you're trying to get everything done as, as much as you can. And I looked down and I realized that we had two scenes left to go. We had 90 minutes left to shoot completely. They were both in the same room, but, but they were like, one was like a six person scene and the other one was, was a five person <laughs> scene and to try and get coverage. And I just like pretty much like sat down and I was like, you know, like, so it's like, you know what, guys? I'm really sorry. I totally fucked this up. We're going to have to figure out how to do it, like, another time. This is totally my fault. I, you know, take full responsibility. And everybody just kind of looks at each other, and they were like, fuck it, man. We can, we can do, do this! this. <laughs> you know? And I can act. Yeah, and 
Damn if they didn't do it. I mean, it's it's a little, you know, like CSI. It's like, you know, like like harsh lighting coming down in one of the scenes. But it doesn't look terrible. It right. sounds great. And it's acted wonderfully. Um, you know, and it was, it was a big learning curve for, you know, making sure that we schedule. You know, I don't want to do 18, 20-hour days for these people. You know, they're not getting paid a lot. And it's just, you know... We're doing twelve-hour days total, you know, yeah. I mean, like from from beginning to end, and and we'll, we'll have to figure out how to make it work with that. And, you know, I, I just I don't want to take advantage of people, and you know, I know there's a lot of shows where it's like people are like, oh, everybody pitches in and nobody gets paid, and I'm like, well, I don't have any friends, you know. <laughs> just, I'd love to say I have a whole bunch of friends who want to like pitch in, but I don't, you know. It's just it's just I just want to hire people and, and and get the show done, and 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 so I just I don't operate in that way. I'd love I'd love to be able to do it that way, but I just don't. So I don't. Want want to take advantage of people and and you know and, and look like I'm running uh, you know and not an unprofessional set so so no I mean like we're we're pretty much like scheduled to the teeth there you, you go know, and luckily it works you, out you kind of have to I mean yeah. we, we do the same I mean we, yeah. we definitely have moments yeah. of, uh, oh yeah no I, I didn't I didn't mean to imply. no 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 but I mean at the same time I mean, it's yeah. always a struggle to yeah. get it all done and yeah. we never want to waste people's time well no it's like there's a reason there's a person called a line producer they yeah. can figure that like there's a yeah. reason that the production model for how everything works there's a reason that it's lasted so long it's yeah like, there's no sense yeah. trying to reinvent no that totally and i i wish i had that with the professional that way. many people i mean yeah. i'm i'm on the set i'm directing i'm the primary producer i'm keeping my eye on costumes i'm keeping my eye on on production design you know art direction i'm also keeping my eye on continuity when we almost every single episode has at least one meeting room scene you know, where the group gets together. Right. It's usually it's at the, the beginning. Sort of, sort of 12-step yeah. group for exactly. Lonely Hearts or whatever. Um, and so we shoot all of that. The first season we shot all of that in one day, but again, we were only doing five episodes, and one episode didn't even have that. Uh, actually, two episodes didn't have that. Um, the second season, we had, I think we had nine meeting room scenes in seven episodes. And so we basically, we shot it in two days, and so that we didn't have to do a turnaround, we shot the the group one right. day and then we turned it around and we shot Janice the moderator and if somebody was like standing up there so when you were shooting the audience scenes everybody had to have nine changes of costumes That's right and everybody wow. was like trying to keep it in their heads and it's going and it was it was a killer there was one scene where uh, where I realized that I didn't have one of my actors sitting in there she didn't have any lines or anything but she was supposed to have been sitting in there and so it's like we I just pretended like no, like uh, nobody's going to notice that she wasn't actually there because yeah, or, or no, she actually was there and she wasn't supposed to be there because the the character says, oh, you know, you missed blah blah blah, and if you go back and look, she's fucking sitting right there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but but did anybody difficult. call you out online? No, That's no, good. I've never been called you out. Don't have those yet. super finicky, yeah, yeah fans. so far yet, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, and so like for season three, I basically said, you know, no, I, I'm going to have to hire more crew. You know, I, I need, you know, and and our budgets are, are are pretty high for what we do. I mean, I remember being at a, at a web fest and like somebody like sitting down and like the the moderator like put a question out to all the panelists. If somebody gave you twenty grand, what would you do with it? And they're like, oh, I'd shoot a full web, you know, season of a web series, or I'd shoot two web series. And I looked at one of my producers and I thought, lunch. You know, it's like holy shit, twenty grand. I I wish we could do it for twenty grand. You know, and and I, so I mean, I take I, I I I'm thrilled that you got the backing from that website to do what you're well, doing. You That's know, big. I mean, I I don't think we're doing web anymore, and I don't think you are. I think we're doing like the lowest budgeted episodic television. I think it's it's kind of made a leap. You know, it, yeah. and, and I and I don't mean just us two. I mean, I I've seen many other shows 
where I, I don't really think you can call them web series. People anymore. are looking to that world for content. Yeah. People, television people are looking. Did you guys, with Where the Bears Are, was there a hope that, oh, that we'll do the first season and then maybe we'll go on Logo or whatever? Like, what were your expectations about that? What's come mm-hmm. out of it? Did you finally just say, you know what? We're just going to do our own thing. You know what? I mean, I, I don't think need we that fucking won- meeting in a bottle of water. <laughs> and I don't need to drive to Santa Monica yeah, for that we, meeting. I think we would have loved it. We would have loved it uh, not having to do a Kickstarter, having right. someone else put up money, all that stuff would have been wonderful. Um, and it's something we, you know, we've approached Logo. They weren't interested yeah. back after the first season. They were, you know, they don't seem to have a lot of money. And I, I was going to say, have any money either. you know, most of those places, they don't have any money. Right. Because you know, I, I kind of did the same thing. And it was like, well, you know, maybe we can give you a little bit of extra press and push, but you're going to have to raise all the money anyway. And I thought, well, you know. Okay, um, you know, I would would rather if I'm going to have to raise the, all the money, I'd rather be in control of it. Exactly, yeah. I'd rather have it be all mine. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what are you going to do? And, you know, and the lovely thing is, is like I I did season two with stage seventeen, but I still own all the content. Like Good I was able you. to make a deal where I, you know, they they paid for it, but you know, and I think it's probably also why I didn't wind up getting paid myself. You right. know, I was fine. I was like, you know what? I'd rather own this. I'd rather know that you know. I can, you know, take it somewhere else and, and you know, if, if things don't wind up working out or who knows what's going to happen, I want to own my own content. Yeah. And, and I was fine with that. You know what? I, I don't know if you've experienced this yet, but what we've, we don't have the skills, and this is something I'd love to learn about, is uh, is uh, sponsors, like a, a product placement, like yes. product yeah. integration or something that we got money for doing. I got that. a giant so lube bottle for my last short film, and I drove out to... Um, I'm wet. sorry, a giant what? Lube. lube. I need, oh, we lube. need a really big lube bottle. Like, we needed the biggest size they made. That seems like something we would need. So, to. yeah, exactly. I got it if you need it. <laughs> um, so I drove out to, like, Valencia and picked it up, and they were very nice, but I just had to put, you know, lube provided by in a website right. or whatever. But I felt like, I'm a producer. I'm driving out there and getting this lube. We've definitely good. done that, and, like, stockrooms help us out yeah. with butt plugs and, yeah. you know. Uh, props and stuff, but as not, seen but, in where the bears yeah, are, but not like you know absolute vodka, and we're right. drinking, and yeah, you know, right. and they gave us you know money, and we were able to pay right. three episodes because right. of it. Or that that happened? No, no it hasn't. It hasn't, and I, I don't know how to make that happen, and I, right. that's a skill that you know I, I I don't know other people that are doing it necessarily either. I hear of like some uh, straight shows or whatever that you know maybe have some names attached that. They do get, like, you know, Lexus or someone to sponsor. And they, right. They get money, and I, I don't know how to Like Jerry Seinfeld, for example. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they're a little bit, yeah, a little bit yeah. more bigger name kind yeah. of shows. But I, I think it'll start happening soon. I, I really do. It's just, it's just, it's so difficult to, to you know, get a voice out there. I mean, you know, you guys are the rare show that really has been able to, you know, to, to mobilize an audience around your show. Yeah. Um, and, but most of the time it's just... How do you how do you make that dent? You know how do you how do you like stand out among the rest of the shows? Just being really good isn't enough. No, you sort of need a you need a demographic focus or yeah, something. Yeah. Like it needs to be a niche targeted thing. Maybe. But but I also think that people need to uh, to reexamine the expectations of these kinds of longer format web series. We are never going to get the kinds of views that some 17-year-old vlogger on YouTube is going to get because that's not the kind of thing that we're doing. And I don't necessarily know that because really high-quality shows aren't getting, you know, 10, 11, 12, 15 million views per episode, 
then it makes them a failure, you know? I mean, I can tell you what our numbers are, and, and you know, and, and I just... I always feel like I have to kind of be apologetic about the numbers sometimes, and I hate doing that because I just I didn't have any expectations. You know, what about the the production company that you worked with? Like, were they happy with what happened? Or I I think they were happy yeah. with what happened because you know because we had you know and and this gets into a little bit of a gray area that I, I kind of need to be careful about because I don't want it to seem like I'm saying that they did something wrong or that they, you know, it's, it's all a learning curve. They were a new, right. They were brand new. They They were were brand new. They, you know, and so everybody, when they're brand new, they, they make mistakes. They, they don't, you know, they may, maybe don't necessarily know. I feel like I went in there having a season under my belt and said, okay, this is what you need to do. And this is how we have to do this. And this is, and that's one of the reasons why I insist on having my own PR person for my show um, and some things they listened to and some things they didn't, but you know, you, you kind of have to just kind of grit your teeth and go, okay, I, I'm going to do this myself anyway. And, and some things I was able to do on my own and some things I had to, you know, let them take the reins for. But again, I, I can't complain about it because I got my season financed. You got so, season yeah. financed. You know, you, you, you take the good with the bad. You didn't have to autograph anybody's balls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the weirdest perks you guys gave away for where the bears are? Um, what were the kind of perks that you did? Well, <laughs> I don't know, weird. You know, it's, uh, one thing, uh, I, I, I'm a, a painter. I oh, nice. Paint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, Are some of the paintings in the house yours? Yeah. So oh, we have to take some pictures of your That's paintings yeah. and post them on. But this, the, the first Kickstarter we did, um, you could have a, one of the levels was you could have a painting from me. Yeah. And, um, like, you know, 17 people or something wanted a painting from me that had no idea if I could paint or not. I, I felt like I was like John Wayne Gacy or something. <laughs> like, you're sort of famous, so I'd rather have a painting right, from right, you. It's right, a, right. you know, it's something. Maybe you'll be famous yeah. someday and it'll like be worth President something. Bush, maybe yeah. an original President Bush painting. Yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, you know, but we had, um, oh, um. Were you like, that's a lot of paintings. Yeah, it was a lot. This year, 25 I have to do. Are you like, oh, wow. Yeah. Fuck. But it, you know what, I, I'm actually Do really they give you the painting. subject of the painting or you can do whatever you want? Um. The first season, I, I said you could either have one of the, I kind of do these plain air paintings where you go out and three hours of paint. It's part of my class I do on Saturdays. You can go to a different place, paint what you see in three hours, and you're done. Here's one they just did at Marina Del Rey last weekend. Wow. Um, I wish I liked painting. I wish I felt like I had that. I would love to take that class. Yeah, it's it, it's so much fun. Where do you teach fun. it at? I don't teach it. I take you it. Take uh, it. Oh, but okay. from Barnesville Art Park. Oh, here. fun. Um, super fun. But then I also do like these pop art pets so I, people could send in their pet pictures and stuff. That's but, uh, but uh, it was kind of a little bit of a more of a headache last year it was like trying to get people what they exactly want this year it's like here's your painting <laughs> so no, nobody right. sent in their penis or anything yeah, no. no oh you know what the hey, weirdest penis the weirdest penis one right there. Yes. <laughs> that's my, that? my, my character uh, has a sporting clothing line this yeah. season called sporting wood <laughs> that's amazing um, but uh, one of the paintings two, last year... The balls are two different sizes. Yes. Unless it's just... Right. I, think it's, I think it's a forced perspective. Then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, someone wanted their favorite three bears on a, on a painting together. So they wanted... Uh, 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 what's his name? I can't remember. Dean Devlin, uh, the... The, uh, the, the producer of Independence Day? No, I'm sorry. Not Dean Devlin. Uh, the... Um, I can't even tell the story. Uh, the director of How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, okay. The, oh, right. And... Um, and the guy from Pawn Stars, and one guy from our cast. And it was like three, I put three the of these most random. It's like, like my favorite bears Did in the Did you world. have them pose like Charlie's Angels? I that would have been that really nice. <laughs> that would have been nice. Let me tell you, the bears are like lesbians, in that they support yes. their artists in yes. a way that the quote-unquote larger gay community, or the 
the club community or whatever it is doesn't. Agreed. I think they are, are they are, are there for you in a way that it's a rabid fan base and they are like you're saying they're underserved and they you know they don't have a lot of content to go to and and they are they couldn't be more supportive because we've done two kickstarters now and they've been great we've right. reached our goal each time and um, and and I don't I think the only reason we were able to is because we'd already done two seasons and built up a huge you know enough people on Facebook and and YouTube and stuff to fans to go to to ask for the. Has there ever been a plot development or something you've done that that they that, that kind of backfired or that they were like, why did you do that or what, did they did you ever flick a bitchy button that you didn't even realize was there? Yeah, we did one episode last season. Um, Rick and uh, Reggie and Wood um, discover Nelson and Todd having sex during the day in their bedroom, and right. we break in. We're looking through the wind, the door, and then we break in and we're making fun of them. Yeah, and. People were pissed. Like if my friends, that that's too far. If they were my friends, that I'd make them move out, or you know, like I, that would be a deal breaker. Like, right? We were like, it's comedy. We're just right. You know, that, but but that that's not that's not that bad. I mean, it's it's. I mean, to me, I would be like, oh wow, look how look how involved they are. That's right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it yeah. says something about a button that you didn't realize was there. Yeah. Don't ever mess with us having sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're yeah. yeah. Don't make fun of that. It's difficult though. Because when you do shoot these things, you shoot a full season in one fell swoop. And so as opposed to, you know, like a network television show where you've got 22 episodes and you can watch and you're not going to shoot and everything. You can see, all. oh, Twitter went crazy for that actor. Yeah, or, or they don't like this storyline. It's like I always think about Knott's Landing because I used to love to watch Knott's Landing yeah. when I was a kid. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. And Knott's Landing was like the king of like like watching what, and this was of course obviously all pre-internet, but they knew. They knew like like just from like hearing yeah. like reactions from People the People like their Donna Mills. Yeah, and they didn't like certain things and it's like yeah. they were on it. It's like if, if, if they saw that the audience wasn't responding to it, those bitches would be the hell out of there. And I love how Knott's Landing didn't buy into that bullshit dream thing that Dallas Right. Because even though it affected their storylines, they're like, we're not going <laughs> to... Yeah, 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 we're yeah. not even going to entertain no, that. Totally. But, you know, we don't have that luxury. Yeah. You know, like, I brought on a new actor in season two, and I had never really worked with her, and, and I wished that... And she was so wonderful, and... I, you know, had I known how good she was going to be and how wonderful in front of the camera she was, I might have written more for her. But there's nothing right. you can do about that. You, know? you live and learn, right? Yeah. Yes, have you ever? Have, do you notice, like, um, with us, if we do sexier thumbnails, we get more views? It, it, gay it, men are so predictable. It, it's so true, but like, it, it's like you know, it makes such a difference. So, what with YouTube, if you're not partners with them before, you couldn't pick your. You got three choices. Oh. You know, so we would get kind of screwed sometimes. Um, now I think they changed though. I think you can kind of pick. You can him. find your thumbnail. Yeah. But um, but that was a big thing. Like if we couldn't put a sh- if you put a shirtless guy, everybody's clicking it. You yeah. know, and if you're not, it, it could be the funniest episode ever. And it's they like, don't give oh, a shit. Yeah. I don't have the YouTube experience, so I just yeah. because we our first season was on Blip, um, which was a wholly different thing. And then um, you know we were on a few other places. Like I said, we were on Daily Motion and, and such. But then. When we when we went on to stage seventeen, everything kind of got pulled, and it's all exclusively on stage seventeen mm-hmm. now. So, um, you know, it's, you it's, it's a different kind of a thing. Can I make a bear confession to you? Yes, please. I saw a movie that was bears, some um, bear city, bear city, I think, yes. and I got confused about people because the two the people looked too much alike. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> that is that the same guy as before? And he they did look a lot alike, yeah. but I think that you've avoided that pitfall. 
Yeah. There's enough variety of the bears. There is. Anyway. That's so funny. No, I got confused. You know. I think that we definitely get that every once in a while. I think that, you know... Uh, oh, you, you know, people describe, oh, who was that bear? You know, the hot, he was, he's white, he had like a goatee and it, you know, right. it's like, okay, you're going to need to be a little more specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, keep going. I just <laughs> want to, you know, I thought, you know, you're only as sick as your secrets. Yeah. So, I put that out there. Um... I want to give you, Kieran, a shout-out for your documentary, Joe Bryant, A.D. Yes. It's about a pop rock star, Joe Bryant, who was not on my radar at all, but he sort of came before Bowie, maybe? or He was around when Bowie was around, but of course Bowie was calling himself bisexual, and then as it turned out, really wasn't bisexual. Right. As many times, you know, rescinded that. There was that load that Rob Stewart had pumped from his... Like yes. somebody had a load. And, yes. like, it, had a pump. it was so yeah. much cum yeah. in his yeah. stomach. Yeah, exactly. he get a pumped, pumped out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there was a gallon jug of it or yeah. something. Yeah, I love no, that. No, but but um, you know, I think as a reaction to 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 Bowie, Joe Bryce came out, and he truly was, you know, very very effeminate. Um, very flamboyantly, openly gay, and he called himself the true fairy of rock and roll. And and this was right around when when Bowie was out doing his thing, but it was too much. It was too much for the public. I feel like sometimes the first guy yes. has to fall on his sword, and yeah. they get forgotten. Yeah. But the next one has it a little easier. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you look like people like Rupert Everett. Maybe like I think his personality was part of the. He I think he's kind of difficult, probably. But like you know, he had his big moment yeah, and his right. best friend's wedding thing, and then. He they was don't, out. They and don't know was, what to do with you. Yeah. yeah. And I think like sometimes the first... And because of him, we can have Matt Bomer now. Or we can have... Right. I think sometimes the first people... That makes sense. Get, yeah. get forgotten. It's true. But the, the, the really strange thing in terms of Joe Bryath... So, so Joe Bryath, you know, he was... This was 1973. And he, you know, came, you know blasting out of the closet door and was proclaiming himself the true fairy of rock and roll and the closet door just slammed right back into his face. And and he was pretty much done within a year, two albums a year, and he fell into obscurity. He tried to reinvent himself a couple of times. He started doing cabaret. He was calling himself Cole Berlin. He was finding a real foothold. And then he unfortunately succumbed to the AIDS virus and was one of the earliest casualties um, and died in 1983. But when you really take a step back and look at the progression of LGBT musicians, it took 36 years for another mainstream pop rock musician to come out at the beginning of his career, and that was Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. I feel um, like Joe Bryant is of a that glam rock sort of thing. Yeah, but I mean, like there were people like Rufus Wainwright or Jake Shears from Scissor Sisters who were out from the beginning. But they were never going to be at the top of the chart. You know, that, that music was, however good it was, and it was very good, it is very good, was niche. They were never going to have a top 40 hit. Or there were people like uh, Ricky Martin or Lance Bass or even Elton John. I mean, Elton John came out as bisexual in 76, right. and it killed his career for like three years. It's like he was he was cold. And then he actually wound up getting married a few years later, you right. know, and, and didn't come out as gay until 1993. But, you know, you have these, these people like, you know, like I said, Ricky Martin or Lance Bass and, you know, no, no shade on either of them. But, you know, it's like the career was sort of on the wane. Right. They had already hit. They had their big it. moment. Exactly. Yeah. And then they came out, you know. And now and, you have Sam Smith. Yeah. And then you have so, yeah. so, so Sam Smith. But you know, I feel like if Sam Smith weren't British, mm-hmm. if he were American, sounded exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have caught on the way it did. I don't know why it That's is. It's interesting. It's I an instinct. It's like, oh, he's yeah. Brit. Like, in a, I right. don't know. 
That is interesting. Like he's our he's the guy get male Adele. Right. But right. if he were like from Philly. Yeah. I don't know, it's just a feeling I have. I don't know. I you know, I I feel like I'm so like I can't even speak anymore in terms of like expertise for chart and stuff because the music business has gone so incredibly insane and nobody's even counting sales anymore. Yeah. It's like how many things are streaming and it's like I can't even Yeah, nobody's paying for anything. I love exactly. Taylor Swift for throwing yeah. down with these streaming things. I do too. I love yes. it. I do too. I um, think it's great of her. You She's know, like I'm the biggest star in the yeah. world right now, you fuckers gonna pay. Absolutely. Of course they're only paying point zero zero two cents, but it's I crazy. mean yeah it, it really is I like that she shined a light on that. No, it's um, it's great. How can people see Joe Bryant? It's out there it is out there. We, um, we it's on VOD. We had a theatrical last year. It's on right. VOD all over the place. It's on iTunes. It's on Amazon. It's on Vudu. Um, and we just put out a really great uh, last year Factory Twenty. Uh, sorry, last month Factory Twenty Five put out a deluxe DVD LP set. Um, Jobriath, uh, after everything happened, turned to writing musicals, and he had written two musicals, neither of which got produced. I um, was given two recordings. Uh, one of which was Joe Bryath in the, the public theater office narrating and playing piano and singing songs from this musical he had written, Popstar. Another one was a more professionally uh, recorded demo of songs from it. And I put these two recordings together and sort of pieced together the musical as best as I possibly could and wrote liner notes for it. So it's a deluxe edition. It's a DVD with all the bells and whistles on it, director commentary, you know, extra interviews from all the, the musicians we had do, you know, um, do interviews for the show, uh, for the film. And then you've got this, this vinyl LP that is the lost recording. Gosh, if and you're a Jobriath fan, it's like Christmas. It, it's, it's amazing because you actually get to hear him speak and, yeah. and talk. And, it's, and that's like the one thing. It's like you, there, are so, there are so few things of, of Jobriath that exist, that ever existed, of him being him. And it's just, it's, it, the first time I heard it, it just gave me chills. Okay, quick question about yeah. it because we have to wrap this up. Sure, no problem. What was your first exposure to Jobriath? How did you know that this guy existed that you wanted to explore? I had always kind of heard about him, but right. always kind of as a joke. And, and, you know, when I'd seen photos of him, I thought, oh yeah, I get it. He kind of looks silly to me. Right. But I have to thank Morrissey, who of course is not in the movie, right. um, not not for not asking. Um, who He's put thorny. out? Yeah, he really is. And, <laughs> I, and I, I had a feeling we weren't going to yeah. get him. Um, but uh, no, Morrissey lo- was a big Joe Bryant fan. I guess still is, um, and put out a compilation of Joe Bryant's uh, recordings on his own label. And I bought it on a lark, thinking it was going to be terrible. Right. And was so blown away by the music, I had to find out what happened. Wow, that's so, amazing. Yeah, so I, I love I'm, that. Thank yeah. you. So I, I'm, yeah, he's he's slowly but surely getting uh, an audience. All right. So you guys picked a couple of questions from the observation deck. <laughs> Who were your TV crushes growing up? Can I go first? Or like yeah, your first yeah. guy on TV or whatever you oh saw. Oh my god, mine like, oh my. wasn't a guy. It could be mine, a girl. Mine was Christy McNichol. Me too. <laughs> I loved her, which I think is, you know, we were drawn to masculine energy. Yes, yes. I used to have like a collage poster on my wall. I saw the photo of it up on Facebook. It's like a big picture oh, of Oh, I had Christine. that poster. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh yeah. And I made like, my own bulletin board though too with pictures of her. Oh yeah, God, I was in love with Christy McNichol. Yeah. I thought I was going to go up there and marry her. Yeah. So, I, I was kind of into uh, uh, Beretta. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, and he had a bird and stuff, yeah. and it was like that's cool. Keep your eye on the sparrow, man. Yeah. <laughs> now is he in jail or not in jail? No, he's not in jail. He's not in jail. Yeah. So they wow. didn't. He didn't get. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. He's like the Valley's OJ. Yes. You know, right. OJ, and as a Valley person, I I like that. Beretta. That's he was kind of hot. He was back yeah. then, right? I mean, yeah. No, no. You know what? The cops, though, had to have a thing. Like, he was the one with the bird. Yeah. And then there was the one with the bald one. With the, or there's a wheelchair one. And he, was, and he talked in a really cool way. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it was just like... And he kicked butt. And yeah, he was just he's like, hot. He wasn't afraid of anything. 
Um, have you ever been starstruck? Yeah, uh, I, I am. I'm, I'm always. I almost always am. Yeah. I have, a, I have a thing about names too. I always. I always feel like I, I get them wrong, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna mess up. And, right. Um, and I had this experience one time. I went, uh, uh, Richard Kind came and saw a show we, we did right. years ago, and I was waiting tables at Hard Rock Cafe, and he came in, and it was just like the night before I met him, and we had a conversation. It was good, and then uh, I was like, "Oh, hey, Kenny, Kenny, it's, it's me, Joe. Remember?" And he's just, like, staring at me. And I'm like, Kenny, just staring at me like, what the hell? And, they, and then he just walked away. And I was just like, oh, man, I think I got his name wrong. Oh. Like Richard Kind. It's Richard Kind. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny. Just, and he just was like, he just stared at me. Like, he's like, like <laughs> get away. Who are you? <laughs> like, crazy. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Um, I think okay. you will appreciate this story, yes, Dennis. Yes, possibly. I, you are an Olivia I'll be the judge of that. You're an yeah. Olivia Newton-John fan. For sure. Yes. You know that about me. Yes. Well, before I moved out to L.A., oh, I was fuck. here visiting. What's the matter? No, oh. just that it's oh. ONJ. All right. All right, I'm going to make it going. No, it's <laughs> you take your time. Right. we got so, time for Livy. All right, great. There's always time for Livy. So I hadn't, I wasn't living out here, and I was visiting. Um, yeah. This is, I want to say, like 2000. Okay. And um, the American Cinematheque, the Egyptian, was showing Tomorrow, Olivia Newton-John's first film, the musical that she did in, in the UK that was right. never released in the US, right. sort of given context for people. It was made in 1970. And I gotta dig that shit. I, I have it. I have a DVD of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh my god! I believe you've never seen What's it. What's happening? Look at my it was just made. Oh my god! What I'm, gonna do this. I'm already thinking of all the people I have to invite oh that will hate god. me if I don't. Oh my god! Oh, it's yeah, a well, lot. I'll, 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 okay. Yeah, we'll, okay. Okay. So. I had never seen it. Like it didn't exist. Like, right. I, actually, like the only print that's, that 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 existed was at the BFI, and the Egyptian was able to to borrow it. Right. So I, my friend I was staying was like, "Look, we have to go see this," and he's a big ONJ fan too. Right. I was like, "I don't know if it's going to suck. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but it's ONJ. We have to right." Go. And he was like, "Okay, great, we'll go." So it was a Saturday afternoon, and we went, and it was maybe like half full. And I gotta say, the movie was really, really good. I mean, it was a wait. lot of fun. The music was lots of fun. Blah blah blah. So. The movie ends, lights come up, and the, the guy with one of the Priggers, Crammers, comes out. And they, they talk, they, they, they do their little pitch beforehand. Sometimes they'll talk about the movie afterwards. No, nothing was going to happen. So he comes out, and he like, starts talking about it again, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and I'm so excited because we, you know, we got a call from somebody who hadn't seen the movie since it had come out, you know, 30 years ago. And so she decided to come down, and it's Olivia Newton-John. So all of a sudden, he, like, goes like this, and it's, like, right on me. And I turn around, and Olivia Newton-John had been sitting in back of me the entire time. I didn't know it. I stood up. I like it was like the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Oh my god. I started going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Olivia Newton-John!" And I just like I just I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop myself. And I'm like I couldn't give a shit about anybody. Like, and I'm not it, how old were you though? I was uh, in my twenties. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't a kid. I was there. Right. I was like mid twenties. And I, I did. I just stood there, and I was like this, like through the entire thing. And my, my friend was like, "You need to sit down." And I'm like, "I can't. It's Olivia Newton John. It's yeah. Olivia Newton John. It's it's Chinatown." You know, I was like, I was so excited. Yeah. I just, it was, yeah. That's the only time I've ever been like freaked out. Oh my god! I couldn't even go near her. I was like, everybody was like storming. Around. I was like, I can't. I can't. It's, it's Olivia. She's she's a goddess. I can't yeah. go anywhere near her. Well, it's weird because I got to interview her over the radio once for Radio with a Twist, and. I, I know everything she's ever done, you yeah. know, except for that movie, clearly. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like diehard, right? Yeah. And yet, when it came to talking to her, I wasn't, I didn't have like the greatest questions or, or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't, I don't know. It was sometimes when you like somebody so much, you don't quite 
have a way in or you don't it's too much yeah yeah it's i never too, i never want to meet people that yeah, i really I think that's a good idea yeah i i i used to babysit for carly simon and james taylor's youngest kid oh i love when carly i simon. first when i first moved to new york city it's a weird story it's a long story whatever and anyway i got invited by james taylor to come with them it was basically like babysitting to go see Jackson Brown, who was like I who was right. I was a huge fan of growing up, and uh, I went to the show. It was a wonderful show, and they they were going backstage, and I was just like I can't do it. I just I can't. I, I don't want to meet him. I don't want to know. I don't want to know that he's a real person. Right. I just I I, I want to love the music, and I just I don't want to know the person. I don't. Right. Wanna, you know, not that we're going to be friends or anything, but right. I just you know. So yeah, I'm I'm not. You drew a line. It's called setting boundaries. Yeah, it's healthy. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, last question for you guys. Because I don't watch a lot of web series, but is there an, somebody else's web series that you guys love that people should check out? Um, Do you have one that you like that you're a fan of? Yes, there's a few that I like. I'm horrible with names. Uh, right. There's this one from uh, uh, Portugal that that I got hooked on, and um, and I won't know the name of it offhand, but it's a bear-related show. Oh, it's a Portuguese And they just bear, did a really yeah. great job with it. Really yeah. funny and... Um, and I should. Uh, is bear culture going. the same anywhere you go across the world? Yeah, and it pretty much is. You know, right. it's all. It's pretty inclusive. It's pretty, right. you know, pretty welcoming. I mean, they could have clicks like any anybody else. But I worry that if, even if I really tried to go there with the hair, I just don't feel like I grow enough of it. You I know feel what? like you know, you gave it a shot, kid. But thanks for playing. Here's I have a, a bear question for you. All right, if okay. you don't mind. Okay, so. I'm on these these apps, these hookup dating apps and stuff, and I've noticed, like, say, on Scruff, per se, uh-huh. all of these fucking hipsters who are, like, 25 and, like, 6'1 and 155 are running around calling themselves bears. And I'm like, fuck you. You have, you have a term. Why are you appropriating ours? You know? It's yeah. Like, what the fuck? I, have you noticed that that started to happen, like... Like, like hipsters are now deciding that, that they're bears. Yeah, they're bears, you know, or, or lumbersexual. Lumbersexual? You know, I, uh, I love lumbersexual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been sure. chatting with a lumbersexual. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They definitely are. Oh, but also, maybe they like, maybe that's what they're, they like that, and they're open to that. No, because, because then they're like, oh, and I like bears, and it's like, you're talking to them, and they're like, oh, um, yeah, you're, you know, you're, no, you, you need to be thinner, and I'm like, um... I'm like the, like, no, fuck you. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, it's, Maybe they're yeah. otters. Yeah. They are otters. Yeah, they and they yeah. like otters. Yeah. And they like hipster otters. Is so, the, yeah. You know, the, oh. I don't know, whatever that you want to call it. Oh, and I thought of a, a, a Webster's I'm absolutely in love with. Okay. Go, Go Go Boy Interrupted. Have I was going to say that. Jimmy's uh, going to be on my show next, oh, I think. Oh, he's so friggin' talented. Yeah. I wish we would we were going to try to get him on our show this season. Yeah. He's, have you seen know, it? No, I don't know about it's, it. It's hysterical. Okay. Well, he's like it. the, um... And I'm going to say this when I interview him, so I don't know why I'm, you know, talking about it. But he reminds me of Alicia Silverstone's character in Clueless mm-hmm. as a, you know, go-go boy who turns yes. 30 and he's washed up. Oh, he sort of says these things that he doesn't quite know how... It's just charming and funny. Females that he's so freaking yeah. funny. Anyway, did you give me your yeah. web series? I didn't. Um, I mean, there are so many great ones that, that, that are part of In With The New Out, you right. know, but, you know, that, that we'll be showing. But I, I'll, I'll give a little shout-out to one that, that isn't part of it because it's not really a, a gay-themed show. It's a wonderful Broadway-based show called Submissions Only. Are you familiar I with I think it? I've watched an episode of it. It has to do with casting and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's right. really wonderful. I mean, if you if you love Broadway, if you love theater, I mean, they, they've basically gotten everybody from, like, Nathan Lane to Cheetah Rivera to do right. a, a cameo on it, wow. but it's it's they, they've done three seasons. I don't know that they're necessarily doing anymore. I don't right. know what's up with them. Um, 
but they're all on YouTube. It's a wonderful show. They have longer episodes. Um, the characters are really compelling. It's it's sort of gay adjacent. Right. Like they've got gay characters. All um, right. I'm in. But yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, a, it's a really wonderful show. I've learned that I can do it on my TV, so now I have to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no, 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 totally. <laughs> so, uh, so can we talk a little bit about what, what, about Outfest? So we, yeah, so yeah, yeah. We've, we've been talking for so long. I want to make sure that your listeners will, will come out. Yes. And, and see Tell them. us where and when. Uh, so we're going to be in with the new out. It's going to be part of, uh, of Outfest panels. Uh, we're going to be there uh, Saturday, July 11th, 1130 a.m. at the DGA. Uh, you can get tickets on uh, outfest.org. Awesome. So please come out. Yes, if you're interested in web series or yeah. thinking about maybe I could do that, it seems like a great place to go to f- hear from the horse's mouth what it's like to do yes. it. And these two horses will be yes. there t- telling you You're exactly. going to be there with them. Definitely. Yes. Uh, they'll yes. be there. There'll be some lesbian content. Yeah. Uh, Dyke Central, a show called Kelsey, a transgender program called, a documentary series called The Transgender Project, uh, a bisexual theme show called 8020. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're A nice covering, array. Yes. yes. We're, we're covering the game. Right. Now, Joe, I didn't ask you about this, but you're married to Ben Zook, who's one of the other producers. How has Where the Bears Are affected your relationship? Because it's kind of like you had a baby, in a yeah. way. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> we've, right? We've, yes. We've been together 21 years, and we've right. never done a project together. Right. Uh, because, you know, uh, it can strain the relationship. And to be honest, uh, you know, probably our biggest fights have been over the show. You know, like... You know, it's stressful. I mean, like, yes. like you said, we have to wear all the hats. Yeah. Like right. like you said, we're directing, writing, producing and stuff, but we're also the craft service. Right. And we're bringing all the equipment. Yeah, why'd you get those cookies? Why didn't you get generic? Yeah. $4 But, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, trying to make our day. We, we don't use a first AD, which right. is stupid, but we don't. First ADs are like your bad cop. Yes, exactly. They're yeah, the uh, people that make everything happen. So Ben ends up being that, and okay. then there's, you know, tension between us. I couldn't that, imagine like, doing that and having to be in front of a camera. Yeah. I just, I, I used to act, I, I was a child actor, and, and, and I, I thought, you know, like, I've done a couple of things, like, as an adult, you know, and directing it as well, and I thought, no, 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 no I'm done. Never can. Yeah. At yeah. times, I definitely wish it yeah. was like I wasn't in. You know, with episodes where I'm light or I'm not in the scenes, it's like yeah, I yeah. enjoy directing so much yeah, more. Yeah, I could yeah. actually give a lot more direction and make sure the cameras doing what we want and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we've had great camera people, great editors and stuff. So uh, you know, I end up trusting a lot more. And you know, we've done seasons now and same people, so they right. You're starting the look, to get the machine you know, going. You know, it's, it's a little bit easier. That way, but um, it is hard. I mean, I'm thinking of a, a dozen things, and I'm in the scene, and now I'm even thinking, you know, of you know redirecting or something while we're in the scene, and you know, and I kind of have to let that go to just right. try to be there. And usually, Wood just has a vacant stare, so it's not that hard. <laughs> but, you, know, you can be thinking in your head, yeah. So that, that works. But you can be uh, at Costco in your head. There's time, you know. Uh, they have to uh, turn the the monitors away because I'll be in a scene, and I'll yeah. be looking over here at the monitor, and uh, we were just, I was just watching a cut and. Uh, Rick and Ben didn't notice. I'm like, did you notice that I'm looking off to the side? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's so funny. We only watch ourselves, it turns out. It turns like, out. That's yeah, true. Uh, we did uh, our first season. We had uh, this guy, George uh, Sebastian, who plays sort of my stalker, this guy. And we have a scene where we're, four of us are talking, and he looks directly in the camera, 
and none of us saw it on any takes because we're always watching our own performances. That's so funny. <laughs> Busted. It's still in the thing. That's hilarious. Like, we never even you noticed. can't help it. But it's been good for you overall, or like, good overall, yeah. and like yeah, and it's wonderful. Like you've created something together that's meaningful. It, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty it. amazing. And most people don't know we're we yeah. married or even partners. Yeah. So it, it, do they know. get when they find out? Are they like oh yeah, uh, a little well, disappointed sometimes? You're like we could still fool around. Yeah, I mean, it's hello. Not- <laughs> we know. We're not straight. <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, but it, it's all. Have you gotten people great. throwing themselves at you? Yes. It, it, yes, in a great way. I mean, I'll, I think we reached our daddy phase, too, right. or something. And, yeah. You know, 20-year-olds that would have never paid attention to me in my 20s, you know, are now, like, daddy. hi, or 30, you know, and it's like, it's nice. Yeah. Don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I find, when I made my short that I had a kissing scene, I loved it. I could have made out with that guy all day. Yeah. I know you're supposed to say, oh, it was the cameras, and we were all, it was, you know, just business, it was work. No. I would still be standing at Casino Campo making out with Oh, really? Or wherever we shot. You know, I don't even weird. remember. We get really hot guys, and I get to make out with a lot of hot guys. And it's fun, but it, it isn't uh, uh, this amazing sexual right. experience for yeah. me. Like, I'm, I'm directing, I'm trying to yeah. make it funny rather than just, right. you know, my character's so over the top of this stuff that um, that it isn't, like, this right. big... Like, I think that was probably the exception. I think if I did it again, it would probably, you know, I think that was... Something in the air. Right. All I'm saying. No, there, there's nothing wrong. It definitely doesn't suck. Right. But, you know, it isn't yeah. the fantasy that everybody right. thinks about, you know. All right. Well, you guys are delightful. What are the websites for your shows? Mine is uh, wherethebearsare.tv. Right on. Dot com or dot net, because they were both taken. Right. So we got wherethebearsare.tv. And okay. then, uh, you know, we have a Facebook page and a Twitter and then YouTube, all that. But if you go to wherethebearsare.tv, it has all of it. Love it. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing that came out of Where the Bears Are? Did you ever get invited to do this weird thing because of some fan that knows whatever and oh god Judy Garland's lot? Think about yes. that. What's your website? Uh, we are stage seventeen dot oh shit uh, dot tv slash series slash wallflowers. Okay, uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, it's Wallflowers TV. Twitter Wallflowers TV and In with the New Out also has their own pages. As well. In with the New Out has a new yeah. page. Yeah. Don't think because you do yeah. it at all these events. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And Love thanks it. for doing that. You set that whole thing up, and it's been wonderful. Rick's done it a few times. Yeah, in okay. places. Yeah. And no, it's been fun. I and mean, we we just we just we just uh, premiered our, our our new trailer. We cut a trailer for the for the series. Well, I love that you guys have both shown that you can go into this area and it's not a money pit. It's not. You know, there's potential there. You have to hustle and you have to work hard. But you, it's not like uh, doing this thing that you love but no one's ever going to see. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's, it's, not, it's inspiring. Yeah. It made me think, I'm going to leave here and think, I could maybe do that. That's yeah. Good. Well, you know, you should. And you know what? One thing we, we used to do, well, you know, with Ben, he had a, a comedy group, Marcos Bush and stuff. And they, right, they did that. stuff on stage each week and they would come up with new comedy stuff. And um, we did that for years or they did it for years. And I just thought, you know what? For the... And then you'd have 100 people in the audience or 70 or whatever. Yeah. And then it was done. It's like, let's make something that you, maybe we can monetize. Something that could be seen for a long period of time. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that, that web is the new thing. Yeah, I love Absolutely. it. And you guys have shown that you, that you can do it well and do it do it successfully. Thank so, you. I love it. Did you have any idea? What was my question? Oh, the weirdest thing that came out of... Oh, I, I, you know. I think Judy Garland's lot. Judy Garland's yacht was pretty, pretty amazing. Like, that we got to shoot on that. Yeah, because like, he was a fan. That's yes. the thing. But, yeah. And, 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 you know, crazy fans that just. Do they send you, know, you fan, fan art? Fan art. Yes, we have fan art comics and stuff. I and, love uh, it. And, uh, and, and just instantly with, you know, like you're saying, like dick shots, instantly. Like, yeah. uh, hey, I really love your show. 
Here's and my cock. Dick. And this is like, my well, thank hole. you. I, I like my yeah. cocks. Yeah. So yeah. We, we have two things in common. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, this has been really fun. I really loved it. Thank you so much. Thank Check you. out their web series, and um, thanks to you guys. Thank awesome. you. Okay. Great. Yay. My thanks again to Kieran Turner and Joe Deedle. And if you're in L.A., definitely check out that panel. It's going to be very fun and informative. All right. Um, I also asked Joe and Kiernan a story after we finished recording that they shared with me involving testicles and their web series. And that story is going to be on FrontiersMedia.com uh, uh, pretty soon. So you can read all about it there. So check that out. It's a funny story, and it's uh, one of those behind-the-scenes moments that... Kind of keeps things interesting. All right, so this happened. Of course, there was a marriage equality ruling, which was incredibly exciting, and I just cried all day long reading things online and news coverage, and, like, three of the straight women in my life wrote these really touching tributes um, and and included me in them, um, and I was just knocked out by all of it. And um, I think that the, uh, the, the, the sentence that really spoke to me in the in the uh, ruling by Justice Kennedy, or the, the decision, what is it called? The verdict? No, what is it? The opinion, the majority opinion, thank you, um, was how it would misunderstand these people to think that they didn't respect the idea of marriage, that they, they want it because they do respect it, something like that. But it got it, for me, it got at this idea that I think gay people have that that we're sort of made to feel underhanded our whole lives. Like we're sneaky. Like we want something so we can mess it up or I don't know. Like that sentence really sort of validated our sincerity, our earnestness, our desire to just be card carrying citizens that don't want to, twist things or make them corrupt or whatever. We just want to love who we love and, and have a life like everyone else. So anyway, that sentence really made me cry. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you all for listening. Check out Frontiers Media if you want a little bonus, um, nugget and, uh, we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.